Welcome to Front Row Material! It's not for everyone. With Jerry Lynn! And I am going to blow you. Excuse me? And Mikey Whiprack! Out of the water. Here's your host, Mike Freeland! Hello. Hello. Are you guys getting ready? We are ready. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm getting, uh, I'm sorry. Oh, crap. Why did it Oh, Jerry's in the lobby. Hang on. I got to get right. my audacity going here. Right. Hey, Mikey, I'm going to check my laundry real fast. Going. Okay. And the dogs are barking like crazy. Oh, wait. Did I just lose you or no? No. Okay, there we go. Hang on. Let me get my arm. Okay. Oh, there you go. Me. Yep. I'm going to hang up the phone. There I am. did. Okay. All right. Yep. Mike, Mike oh. ran to check his laundry quick. He went to check his. I gotta actually. I have a load in the dryer. Yeah. Uh, hold on. I gotta plug my phone in. Hold on a second. Okay. Or it's gonna die. <laughs> Me too. I make sure I got a power cord here. Oh, let's see here. Oh crap. You know, I often wonder what God thinks of me. You know what I mean? Like, oh gosh, really? Well, I always say when God made me, he was having a bad day. <laughs> Oops! Oh fuck! <laughs> First it was the sloth, and now it's Mikey. Son of a bitch! Yep, he uh, broke that mold right after, didn't he? Oh, he did. He just did spiked it like a football. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna put this one to bed. One is enough. <laughs> oh, he had one too many of those. Uh, what, what, what do we call lightning fogs? Cosmic fog. Cosmic fog. Galactic fog. Oh, it's galactic. Okay, it I gotta find fog, that. Yes. That looks. It, it just. It. It sounds really good. It's. It, you gave it the endorsement, right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He did. He put it over big time. Now is today, that a local thing? Or? Today. Today I am on. Blithering idiot. Are you serious? I have heard of that. That's actually yes. really popular. Wirebacher ah. makes it. Uh, there's no. There's it no is, way around here. I can it's find tremendous. it. It's barley wine ale. 11.1% alcohol. 11.1? Wow. Indeed. This is number three Jeez. now, Ron. Wow. Ooh. I'm feeling pretty, I'm pretty, pretty good. Good. I got nothing but water. I, I'm out. Oh, my God. That's I know. It's terrible. I know. You got any snacks at least? Yo, oh, yeah. I forgot. I, I should do this for Tricky. Tricky McDonald's. Oh, yes, you're going to love this. Oh, yeah. She might choke me to death, but this is for her. Here we go. Ready? There. Here's the thing. If, if Jerry, if you ever, like, you know how George Costanza was going to be a, a hand model in the show? You could be like a, yes. like a crunch Foley guy. Like, they could hire you just to take bites. Those are, like, some of the most impressive Ooh. bites. Hi, my that name is nice Jerry gig. Lynn. And I'm a Foley guy. <laughs> <laughs> bang, bang. Speaking of bang, bang. <laughs> oh, wait, here we go. <laughs> oh, shit. Here's yeah. the segue. Speaking of galactic fog, <laughs> do you want to feel the ultimate rumble between your belly and your taint? 
Then you need to take your Bluetooth.com and fuel your rocket ship full of the Bluetooth. <laughs> okay, I take it that was a Bluetooth.com commercial? Yes! I have never... <laughs> it was a Bluetooth.com commercial! And if you want to get your order of Blue Chew, you can go to BlueChew.com. Go ahead and type in promo code ECW. Go ahead and get your first order for free. Just pay the $5 for shipping and handling. Remember, chew it and do it. Make sure you take your BlueChew.com and fuel your rocket ship before you step into parts unknown. <laughs> BlueChew.com. I was just about to say that was pretty long. I know. I took my Bluetooth. I love you long time. Make your rocket ship blast off. I had a pen pal one time. That was that was from like uh, Indonesia or something. Wait a minute. And the letter I got from the guy. Hi, thank you for letter. I am short and rather fat. I eat much. Thank you. Yeah, that was all it said. Oh, no. I got to check in for my flight tomorrow. Yeah, don't forget again like last time. I know. You're going to rib yourself between the married couple. I just, uh, yeah, right? Oh, my gosh. That was terrible. Let me ask you guys this. You know, you, you often talked about, you know, some of the most bumpiest rides when it comes to air travel. But what have you guys ever experienced anything like, oh, my God, I can't believe that's happening in an airplane? Like, has anybody done anything that you're like, I, I is this really happening right now? I was on a flight to Japan one time, and uh, <laughs> here we go. No, I, I guess uh, Pat Tanaka and uh, a female he met on the plane <laughs> were told to uh, cool it down a little bit. <laughs> so, wow! Well then. All right, let me ask you guys this question. Given the opportunity, since we're, we're on the topic of, of air travel, have you ever or are you a member of the Mile High Club? No. Jerry, would even though you're I'm not- I'm barely a member of the 500-foot club. 500-foot <laughs> club. <laughs> so you're saying you haven't done it in a tall tree. No, I have not. I don't know if I even would. Those bathrooms are disgusting. Yeah, especially if you go in there after the guy took a giant deuce. Ooh. Just think of Tommy Boy when the guy came crashing through the door. <laughs> He's trying to get the jacket off. And I dare you to take a black light into the bathroom with you and check it out. Oh. No, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Mikey, if I go on the original window and pull up uh, American Airlines, that won't disconnect me, will it? We're going to find out. Oh, no. All right. Oh, no. We're going to find out. Here we go. And Jerry's gone in three, two, one. No, he should be fine. It's okay. Check in your flight. We'll wait. Okay. Yeah, not a problem. We're just recording a podcast here. Not a problem. Go ahead and do your banking while you're at it, too. Well, do you know what happened last time? Well, both times. (laughs) That's the best part. You did it and bitched about it the first time, and then you did it again. I know. Tell them about the lovely married couple you sit next to on the way home. Since coming home, I forgot to check in 24 hours early on uh, Southwest. 
And I, I was only two hours late in checking in and I got C30. So I'm like, great. I know I'm going to be in a middle seat. And so I see, I found a spot. There's an open space for my suitcase in the overhead bin. And right there, right on the other side of the aisle was a middle seat that was open. So I thought, well, I'll just sit near my bag. And so I sit down. There's a woman in the aisle seat and a guy at the window and just sitting there. And then uh, once we level off, well, this woman reaches over, taps the guy's leg and asks for her salad. So it's her husband. So neither one would budge and take the middle seat to sit next to each other. And then she, once again, later on, reaches over, taps his leg. Can I get my two waters? Then later on, reaches over, taps his leg. Can I get my book? It's like, why don't you just sit next to each other? No, I sat there in the middle seat for three and a half hour flight. And of course, neither one of them said a word to me. Oh, you know what? Oh, wait, here we go. I'm going to pick my seats. Hopefully I can get a uh, window seat so I can lean and sleep. Oh, you know what? It's not going to let me pick seats because apparently I have the loser fare again. <laughs> really? Oh, yes. If I want to pick a seat, it's going to cost me money. So here we go. I'll be in a middle seat. Oh, man. I'll bet you I'll have to board last, too. The last boarding group. Important information about your basic economy fare. Seats assigned at check-in, not eligible for upgrades, no flight changes or refunds, board in last group. <laughs> wow. Jeez, Jerry. Mikey. Two weeks in a row. Go ahead and say it for me. I may as well just go and... Jerry, why are you waiting for your plane to board? <laughs> Stop into the bathroom. Pick a nice big handy. Take a nice big handicap stall. <laughs> Chop on a blue chew and go fuck yourself. <laughs> Long, hard, and deep. I was gonna say, I'll just go treat my body like an amusement park. I come home and find my son treating his body like it was an amusement park. Go fuck your ass. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I got the message. <laughs> Your ass. Go for oh, it. Yeah, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> Spread your cheeks wide open. Okay. <laughs> Bend over. I don't need that. And take Brad. it deep. No. <laughs> okay. Thanks for the graphic detail. You want more? No, that's fine. No, no visual aids, nothing like that. Okay, just, just <laughs> saying. <sighs> yeah, may as well. I'm just gonna carry my small, small carry-on bag. I can throw under the seat. I'm sorry, sir. That's too big. Yeah. <laughs> you have the cheap motherfucker fare. <laughs> you can only bring your wallet. <laughs> right. Oh. This European carry-all. <laughs> does not fit in the thing. So, Jerry, where exactly are you flying to? Philadelphia. Where are you going in Philadelphia, if we may? To the Legends of the Ring in New Jersey. He's flying to Fucked in the Ass USA. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first stop. It's, ironic that, 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 it's ironic that the airplane is phallic-shaped. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Poor Jerry. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Legends of the Ring. So what we? Yes. Why are we chewing in the ear? What the fuck is going on? That's Freeland. Sorry, I'm done. Is it loud? Was uh, Was that a pickle? Yeah. We, I, I, yeah. All right, should we do an open? Oh my. Hey, there it is. <laughs> Are you ready? Well, stop fucking chewing the goddamn pickles and let's go. Okay. Welcome to another episode of Front Row Material. My name is the Mike Freeland, and I'm being joined by Mikey Whipwreck and Jerry Lynn, the ECW legends. Gentlemen, how are we doing? Great. So what's on your minds, you guys? What's on your minds? What's going on? What's wetting your whistle right now? Well, I told you, Wirebogger, bl- Blithering Idiot. Yeah, I mean, it sounds really good. Now, is this, is Blithering Idiot just something you you can get in your neck of the woods, or is that something that is national? Uh, it's made down, it's um, Wirebogger. They're here in uh, eastern Pennsylvania, so okay. it's kind of local. But yeah, it's a barley wine ale. Like I told you, 11.1% alcohol. So, oh, my. And how many are you on right now? Uh, this is number three. Jesus. Have you guys ever been in a situation where if somebody is injured, they are at least heavily encouraged to still go out and perform? Or were both of you guys pretty pretty strong and steadfast in your, hey, I'm injured or I'm not feeling well, I'm not going out tonight? No, that's part of my problem. Because I didn't do that. Well, and the reason I say this is because I was reading some of the stuff and man, it is, it's tough to get through. But the one thing I had read was that she actually had a cast cut off and was asked to perform. And the cast, they actually took the cast off backstage so she could go out and perform. And I'm just saying, and, I'm not, and, and we don't know what's fact and what's not, but does that seem out of the realm of possibility or does that seem like it's totally far-fetched it's not far-fetched because there's never a good time for an injury in this business because there is no off season right and you know like i've said before in the eyes of a promoter we are toys and when one toy is broke bring on the next bring on the new toy and my you know in wwf when i was there Six months in, I needed knee surgery, and the doctor told me I'd be out for six months. Well, three months after my knee surgery, Johnny Ace calls me and says, are you ready to go? And I said, no, the doctor said six months. And a week later, I got my walking papers in the mail. So I figure, I thought, what, if I was willing to go wrestle three months after surgery, I wouldn't have got fired? So, you know, it's just an unspoke, you know... That's your first thing that goes through your mind when you get hurt is, am I going to lose my job? Right. Yep. Now, with working with Paul, I think you guys had mentioned before that Paul was pretty good about stuff like that, right, Mikey? He was understanding if time needed to be taken off for an injury. He's it, 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 That seems to be one of the aspects of Paul that I think really was was good about him. He He didn't put that inherent pressure on you to come back too soon. Is that right? Paul was good that way, but the whole locker room had a different mentality. But we're going to go, and you don't want to seem to be, you know, 
uh, a whiny little bitch because you heard it from that working. When, especially when you had guys like Terry Funk and Sabu and, and guys like that. They're out there, you know, hurt, you know, and they were still doing it. So like, well, if, if I, if I don't work tonight, you know, fuck, I look like a little bitch. So it was, just, it was just a whole mentality of the company. I've heard NFL players say that there's this, there's this kind of code that, you know, if 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 you can suit up, you should suit up and go out there and play. And a lot of football players would say, you know, we just thought we got our bell rung and we basically had to have somebody help us put our our hand in the ground for our three-point stance. We literally had to have someone help us. Nowadays, that that would never fly because the minute something like that happens, you know, you have all of the medical crew on the side and they're running over and checking you out and whatnot. So you're saying the locker room would, somebody would say something if you, if you felt like you couldn't perform yet, everyone else is still going out there hurt. Uh, I don't necessarily think they'd say it to your face, but you know, that was just the whole mentality of the company. Sure. You know, you go out there and you work because we're hardcore. We're tough. We're badass motherfuckers. And that's just what we did. It, it definitely shortened my career for sure. I mean, there's no oh, doubt. And, you know, it depended on the injury too. Right. Because if you get a bad wheel, it's near impossible to work. Well, okay. Let me. But if you ding up by your arm or your shoulder or something, you can still work. Yeah. Well, Jerry, okay. Speaking of you specifically with being kind of, kind of a high flyer, a leg injury definitely is going to limit your abilities to do your normal repertoire. Am I correct in that? Oh yeah, definitely. So that well, it would even it would limit a normal person's. I mean, not even a high flyer, right? There, because like I said, you get a bad wheel and you can barely walk. Forget about it. Yeah, I had a match with Van Dam scheduled for the arena, and I worked Shane Douglas the night before. And just tweaked my knee. And my knee was fucking huge. Like, it was it was so swollen, I couldn't even bend it. And I remember Shane, we, we called Paul early Saturday morning. And we said, look, Mikey's knee's fucked. Like, it's, you know, it's really bad. And you know, Paul's like, oh, we, we kind of really need, because a lot of guys were hurt. And like, oh, we really need Mikey to work tonight. So I did everything. I was taking a leave and everything like crazy, like hot compresses, cold compresses, trying to get the swelling down. Um, they had the doctor, the doctor at the, uh, at the show, uh, tried to drain my knee <laughs> to get some of the fluid out of it so I could work, but it just, it wouldn't go. So we did that short thing where I went out with Rob and then, uh, we had a deal where Pillman, I slapped Pillman in the face and then he beat the fuck out of me with his crutch, uh, to get through it. But I mean, I did everything I could to get to work that night. It was like fucking ridiculous. Would you say that was the worst as far as, you know, having to, to go out there and, and work when you physically know there's, there's not much, if anything, that I can do? Yeah. Well, I, that was the worst uh, at that point because I had not experienced pain pills at that point. My, my extent of, you know, medicating was ibuprofen and like Tylenol. So is there anybody 
as far as ECW is concerned, anybody, and you mentioned the doctor, is there anybody back there that I don't want to say is the voice of reason, but like, I, I hate to keep using the football references, but you know, you hear somebody says someone's got to take their helmet away from them so they don't go back on the field. Was there anybody who said, no, you, you can't or you shouldn't do this? Or was it always, well, it's up to you? It was pretty much it up to you. You know, do, do what you can. Right. You know, and I had the mentality. I'm not blaming anybody. Sure. You know, but, but in ECW in the mid-90s, I mean, that's, that was the mentality. You went out there and you found a way to get through it. So, like, and that I felt it too because, uh, you know, when you, when I was like teaming with a cactus, you know what I mean? And he worked no matter what, all the time. So, what am I going to say? Oh, my, my back is bothering me. I can't work. Or my knee's a little fucked up. I can't work. When you have a guy like Cactus Jack, you know, working through all kinds of injuries. But do you think it's always a good idea to compare yourself to somebody else, depending no. on? No, it's a stupid idea. I went out there when I was getting my ass kicked for ECW, and I was just bumping like a motherfucker. And I was getting hurt all the time. You know, my, my knee was completely fucked. I had like six concussions my first, you know, first year in the business. You know, it's just, that's just, just is how it was. You know, I didn't. I didn't know anything. When I broke into the business, I didn't know shit. ECW was the first place I really worked. I mean, it was the first place I worked ever. You know, I've been in a couple of locker rooms before that, but I never really worked anywhere. So when you see what these guys are doing, you know, and I'm 20 years old, you know, I'm not going to bitch and moan. I'm going to go out there and, and do what I have to do to get the job done. When was the first time for either one of you guys that in ECW that you finally realized, yeah, I want to be a team player and I want to do what's best because there is an expectation from the fan base that this is kind of what we're based upon. You know what I mean? This is our whole our whole thing. We are considered hardcore, but when is it hardcore has gone too far? Do you feel like it was always a situation where you were trying to raise the bar from the last thing you did? Or do you feel like at some point in time that's that's not feasible to do? No, I never did anything really, really, really crazy as, as far as up in the bars, things like that. Right. It was just, I would just get hurt. You know, I, I never ever really got hurt on anything cool. It was always something stupid. <laughs> you know, like, like, like dropping under a leapfrog or getting out of the ring and someone leaves a guardrail out and I roll my ankle because I land on the guardrail. Never anything like, holy shit, where you'd expect to get hurt. It was always something fucking stupid. Well, we, we forget and if a lot of, you know, a lot of the fans don't realize what we, how dangerous what we do is, you know, but yeah, I, I always, you know, try to do calculated risks as far as the crazier stuff, but there's no way I was going to do anything like new Jack and Vic Grimes going off the scaffolding. You know, when I came back from WCW and I worked with Mike awesome that first night back and I was taking that power bomb over the top to the floor. Right. I wasn't thrilled about taking it. You know what I mean? But I had a choice. I could either <laughs> take this, you know, and get my job back, or I could not take it and 
or, or just and not get my job back and just maybe not even have the match. You know, but you know, I I told Paul he but right before we went <laughs> right before I went to the ring, Paul goes, Mikey. He pulls me aside. He goes, "Are you okay taking this?" Now, Mike, I'm about to walk through the curtain. It's a little late now to ask me if I'm okay taking this. <laughs> you know, but I looked at him. I said, "I said, I said, I got it. I said I can take anything once." <laughs> and, then walk, and then walk through the curtain. That's true. And that sucked because the bump wasn't bad. I mean, he put me down as flat as he could. But I, the way I just hit the table, I pissed blood for a week. Jesus. Uh. You know, and nothing Mike did. I mean, he he cleared me over. You know, and I, I even look as I'm going over, I even look back a little bit to see if I was on trajectory. Um, but just the way I landed, you know, again, I guess that was, it was something cool, but it didn't look like I got hurt, but I got hurt. What was the sentiment, if there was any, when you guys were in the WWF and WCW, did anybody ever ask you guys or pull you aside and say, Hey, why do you put yourself through that? Because clearly WCW and the WWF at that time were not doing those kinds of things. So did anybody ever pull you aside and ask you any of those kinds of questions? Bret Hart did. (laughs) (laughs) Jeez. Don't you think that that's uh, pornographic? (laughs) (laughs) Why, uh... Why don't you learn to work and work for a real company? Wow. <laughs> Thanks, Brett. Nice to meet you, too. <laughs> could have been worse. He could have told you to go find a big handicap stall. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, he pretty much did. He did in his own way. <laughs> oh, I just wanted to meet Brett. That's all. <laughs> Damn. So you're the... Uh, ECW champion. Yes, sir. Huh. <laughs> no, he gave you the, huh. Huh. Jimmy Papadon. He says, hey, how you feeling? I go, I feel like shit. <laughs> <laughs> but I said, I'm at the point, I'm used to feeling like shit. I've come to accept the fact that I'm going to feel like shit for the rest of my life. I just hope not to feel worse. All right. So getting, so getting, and the reason why I find it interesting and, and not to get prying whatsoever. And I mean, cause you can, you can tell me, Hey, no, I don't want to talk about it, but you had mentioned something in social media and I had never known a lot of people to be that open and honest and Frank, which I think is really refreshing. I wasn't I mean, that Frank. <laughs> Jerry knows how I am when I get Frank. To be frank, I'd have to change my name. Oh, I'm a very I'm a very guarded person. And I don't normally let people in my circle. I'm I'm very closed off, like very, very closed off. And it takes a lot for me to open up. For me to even just say that on Twitter was for me that was like a huge thing to, to even mention it you know what I mean but for people that maybe it would make them feel a little better knowing that someone else is, is suffering from bullshit you know that's why I put it out there you know because of you know the whole thing with Ashley and and things like that 
And I, I've been in a funk, like I've been, we've talked about here. I've been in a funk for a couple weeks. Right. Like I, I, I feel like every day I get a little bit better, but then I have like wide days. I just, I, I give zero fucks and don't want to do anything, you know, but that's not, that's not life. Life goes on. So you have to pick up and you have to do it. You got to do what you got to take care of. Can I ask you this question? What might've been, and I know you had mentioned the Ashley situation, which, which really hit home with a lot of people, but had you thought about talking about that previous to that? Or do you think that, no, this was just kind of the catalyst that kind of opened that conversation up? Uh, it might've been the catalyst. I've just been in a funk. Sure. And there are certain things that happen that when I, when I go back and think about it logically, it, it's really like fucking whatever. You know, but I get myself so worked up about it that it makes me fucking crazy. So it's frustrating because when I'm feeling fine and things like roll off my back, it's like no big deal. That's normally how I like. I used to all the time be like, no big deal. Like I didn't give a fuck about anything. Like whatever. I don't give a fuck. I just go with the flow. You know, it is what it is. But. In the past couple of years, I've noticed these funks that come longer and longer. They're harder to kick out of. And like the littlest thing will fucking like make me crazy for like days at a time. And it's ridiculous. So it's frustrating. It, it's really frustrating. You know, when I, when I went to the concussion testing, and this was last year when I went, I failed this concussion team, that, that impact testing. Mm-hmm. I failed it miserably, miserably. So, so hold on before you go any further, what, what exactly is the test itself? Well, you sit in front of a computer and they, they have to give you a little test to do match up this word. What's the next number in the sequence? You know, if the blue block, a, a blue box, click the left mouse. If it's a, a red box, don't click it. Just shit like that. Okay. You know, and I failed it miserably. And she said, when was your last concussion? I said, ah, like six years ago. And she goes, well, I, if, if you were a uh, high school student who had their first concussion, she goes, I, I wouldn't clear you to play uh, backgammon. <laughs> oh, my God. And I'm like, oh, so I didn't do so good. You know, so and the way she explained it to me, she goes, figure your brain is uh, all the information in your brain. It, it, it's, it goes in a spiral. Just say, for example, it goes around your brain, right? And when the information reaches a certain part of the brain where it needs to get off to function, it gets off, right? And everything gets off and it fires nicely. It's nice and smooth. Everything's nice and controlled. And the brain does what it has to do. Well, every time you get a concussion, your brain is damaged, okay? She calls it traumatic brain injury. I think traumatic brain injury, I'm thinking, you know, you you hit a tree at 60 miles an hour on a motorcycle. You know, that's what I'm thinking. But she said it's traumatic brain injury, whether you want to consider a minor concussion traumatic or not, that's that's a point of view, she said. But every time my brain would get a concussion, and because I never had anything really, I had one major one, working with Luis Piccoli. But when I had every little one, your brain 
it learns to adapt and learns to function. Well, Mikey, when you think about every time we take a bump and we don't get a concussion, your brain is still being bounced on the inside of your skull right. because you're stopping your body so fast. Yeah. And so even without getting a concussion, all those bumps could be damaging our brain. Yeah, it probably is. But she said that your brain, you know, your brain learns to adapt, all these little ones, right? And she said, what happens now is your brain has learned to adjust to not functioning normally. Your body's healed itself, but it's made the adjustments to, to uh, you know, compensate what I've done to myself. I said, and right now your brain is like a snow globe. And you shake a snow globe and there's the information all banging around. But being that my brain has gone through this over 25 years, it knows what to do. But if you take, and now you take that on top of the fact that I'm getting older on top, she said, you, t- you take a stimulus or something your brain's not used to, my brain, she says, does not understand what to do with it. And it can't process this information and it freaks out. I know at some point in time, maybe not now, maybe the temperature's not right, but we, I mean, obviously we will go more into this, but I just want to kind of touch on it a little bit because some people had been asking questions, you know, and I just want to kind of put it out there. And let you address it. All right, we got some. Oh, oh, our good friends over at Juice Pro Wrestling. They went ahead and sent us something. Yay, Juice Pro Wrestling. Thank you very much. You can follow them at JP Dub Podcast on Twitter. And their question is What's Jerry Lynn's favorite at Dying Fetus Band? It's called Grotesque Impalement, is the name of the album. Uh, Mike. At, at Jersey Devil underscore 82 says, Abdul the Butcher would stick poker chips in the scars on his forehead, and Lanny Poffo could do something not anatomically possible. Were any members of ECW he could roster... Suck his own <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you for clarifying that. Were any members of the ECW roster or in the wrestling business as a whole known for any special, and this is in quotations, party tricks? Like if somebody was going to have a drinking contest, who would, who, what two ECW alums would you put one on one against each other? Sandman and who else? The devil. Really? Oh, yeah. And with, with beer? Oh, yeah. He could put them away. Maybe hack, but it'd be damn entertaining. <laughs> Here's a story for you. So, Mama Luke, he was with, with WCW at the end. He was hanging out with myself, the devil, and a couple other people. And he was all depressed because he broke up with his girlfriend. So we went out, we, we got him all liquored up, and we brought him back to the, to the apartment. And we said, hey, we called him Fondue. Hey, Fondue, we got you a... Uh, you know, uh, a woman of the night in, in your bedroom. Go ahead. So he goes in there and goes, oh, you fucking guys. And he throws out the, uh, uh, what the fuck was that? Jesus, God, Jerry. I was just moving some. You know, I'm going to save the story from the devil comes on. No, all oh, right. Yeah. I got my hopes up. All right. So anything else you guys would like to plug this week before we say goodbye? June 21st. NYWC Hall of Fame 
I watched Mikey's um, video. Holy shit, dude. That was amazing that they did. That was awesome. I also wanted to thank everybody who has gone on to iTunes and given us a review. Guys, keep those reviews coming because the more reviews we get, obviously, the higher we climb on the iTunes charts in the sports and, I believe, entertainment section. So keep those coming. And if you guys want to go ahead and get your Front Row Material merchandise, you can go to ProWrestlingTees.com. You can go ahead and search Front Row Material. Or if you'd like to go ahead and get Jerry Lynn or Mikey Whipwreck t-shirts, you can go to that same web address and you can get shirts there as well. Just go ahead and add their names into the box. There's designs from both of them. Uh, Jim Molino is not very fond of your, your referee shirt, Jerry. I know. And we also have a show uh, site as well you can go to. If you are so inclined, you can pick up merchandise there as well. That's going to be shop.spreadshirt.com forward slash FRM pod. We have all different types of shirts there as well. The drop pie, we have a few left. So if you're going to get the drop pie, you guys really got to hurry up on that one. We have some of the... Beavis and Butthead ones, the Whipwreck Lynn shirts. We have a few more of those, but once again, those are going pretty quick as well. So if you're going to get your shirts, please hurry up. A lot of people are doing their Father's Day shopping. We just got notification that uh, we got a few left. So hurry up. Hurry up and get yours today. If you guys want to go get autographs from the boys, you can hit them up with DMs on Twitter as well. 8x10s, just go ahead and ask them. They'll give you all the information as far as how to get that done. Anything else you guys can think about? Anything else? <laughs> Some guy at work shit his fucking pants. It's fucking hilarious. There's one stall in there, right? And there's another bathroom on the second floor. Well, this guy comes in, and I'm you know I'm washing my hands. And there's somebody in the urinal. The guy walks in, goes over, the, sees the door shut, and goes, oh, God, no. And kind, of like, <laughs> kind of ran out quick. I'm thinking, uh-oh, that guy just... Shit his pants full. <laughs> <laughs> wow. I got to get out of the guy. Oh, God, no. Uh, what would a hawk say about that? Well, <laughs> he's shitting his pants <laughs> full. I will, I will leave you with this. Find a quiet space where you will be undisturbed. Darken the room and turn off your phone. <laughs> Sit or lie down where you will feel warm, comfortable, safe and protected. Take a moment to quiet yourself. Allow yourself to be here in this beautiful fucking moment. <laughs> Take a deep breath and relax. Allow your eyes to naturally close as you begin to connect with your inner world of thoughts and feelings. Let go of any worries and stress. It's all just fucking bullshit. <laughs> know that right now, there is nowhere else you need to fucking be, and no other shit that needs to be done. <laughs> Relax and enjoy some fucking time to yourself. Take in another deep breath and feel the air nurturing your lungs. 
As you exhale, allow all your stress and tension to release. Your life is no longer going to be a giant clusterfuck. Breathe in peace. Breathe out bullshit. With each breath in, feel clear, pure energy spreading throughout your body. With each breath out, let go of every fuck nugget that ever tried to ruin your life. None of those things. I think I should record one of those. <laughs> That's awesome. All right, for Mikey Whipbreaking. What oh, the go fuck? ahead. What the go was ahead. that? Really? Nothing. No, I'm go a ahead. professional. All right. For, for Mikey Whipbreak and Jerry. <laughs> See you next week. Ah, yeah. The rule of NLW.